Now is the time to worship. Come. Now is the time to give your heart. Come. Just as you are to worship. Come. Just as you are before you. God, one day every knee will bow, still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now, come, now is the time to worship, come, now is the time to give. So long if after thee You alone are my heart's desire And I long to worship thee You alone are my strength, my shield To you alone may my spirit
And let's pray together. Lord, we are blessed by the families and the children that you've chosen to put here at our church at this time. And Lord, we just know it's a work of your hands. And I just pray that we'd be really good stewards uh, of these children and their families. That you'd just continue to use uh, what we do to pour into their lives, to share the love of Jesus with them, to encourage their parents. Lord, just do a mighty work. Uh, even downstairs this morning as the kids have gone down, just I pray that there's just mighty things happening, that you're stirring in their hearts and you're calling out a people for you. Lord, um, just draw those little ones unto you. Draw us unto you now, send your spirit, that as we worship together, we'd learn more about uh, obedient love and loving obedience. In Christ's holy name we pray, amen. I'm going to jump around just a little bit this morning. Uh, I'm going to read John uh, chapter 14. I'm going to read uh, verses 15, verse 15 and then jump over to 21 to 24. And then next week we'll uh, pick up that section. Well, actually in two weeks. Next week is going to be primarily a music uh, Sunday. We will pick up um, the work of the Holy Spirit again and remind you uh, again of who the Holy Spirit is. Beginning with verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love, do not, does not love me, does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Amen. <coughs> one evening, and it may be a story you've heard before, but one evening a young girl was staring at her mother for the longest time. And she had noticed that her mother had started getting gray hair. And finally, the girl asked her mother, why has some of your hair turned gray, mommy? The mother saw this as a, as a great teaching opportunity. And so she turned to her daughter and says, well, I think that the reason mothers have their hair turn gray is because they have daughters who disobey them. Every time you or your sister disobey me, one more hair on my head turns gray. Little girl accepted that answer and she pondered it a while. And then she asked another question. She said, so what all did you do to turn all of grandma's hair gray? Out of the mouth of babes, right? Out of the mouth of babes. We all struggle with obedience, do we not? It's a constant struggle. And then along comes Jesus and he, he links love and obedience or love and commandments together. He, he does so four times in our text. Verse 15, 
If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Verse 23, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. And verse 24 is the negative side of that statement. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And there's at least two key truths in this text about loving Jesus and keeping his commandments. There's more, but there's at least two. First, if we love Jesus, we will keep his commandments. And second's the flip side. Keeping his commandments will include loving Jesus and others. We'll keep his commandments and we'll love Jesus and others. We're called to obedient love and loving obedience. If we love Jesus, we'll keep his commandments. That's clear in the text. I've already stated that it's repeated uh, four times. If we love Jesus, we're going to keep his commandments. We're going to do what he says to do. Some people, however, try to eliminate the commandments. They believe law and commandments have nothing to do with grace. They wrongly view that the God of law is, is stern and unlovable, and he's banished to the pages of the Old Testament. They argue that law has no place in the New Testament or the New Covenant. But that's simply not true. Jesus himself said that he came to fulfill the law. James wrote that faith without works is dead. As the late Rich Mullins used to sing, faith without works is about as useless as a screen door on a submarine. If we love Jesus, we're going to follow his commandments. Now, it's true we're saved by grace. But knowing we're saved by grace, we want to keep the commandments. Obedience unites us into union with Christ and with God the Father. That's what Jesus indicated in verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. When we keep the commandments, Jesus' commandments, we love him and we're loved by his Father. Our granddaughter uh, is entering into that three-year-old stage where she is asserting her independence quite regularly. And that's just a part of growing up. And being a grandparent, I may be a wee bit more tolerant of it than her parents are. But when I'm around and she gets sassy with her mom and dad, I try to explain to her that it's important to me that she listen and obey her parents. I'm not going to love her more or less because love of a child or grandchild is about as close to unconditional as we humans come. But I explain to her, honey, it makes me happy when you listen to your mommy and daddy because they want what's best for you. I think maybe something like that's going on in our union with Christ and with the Father. Our obedience does not cause His love or cause Him to give us grace and salvation, but it's the inevitable result of our salvation. And our obedience pleases the Father. 
When we're regenerated by the Holy Spirit, when we move in, become new, we move into a loving relationship with God the Son and God the Father. And we just want to be obedient. You know, I realize, especially in today's world, that I was privileged. I was raised in a very loving home. My parents were pretty strict, but they loved me. And their love for me was a grace-filled love. They loved me just because I was theirs. But human nature and sin being what it is, I, of course, disobeyed. But for me, my overarching goal was to be obedient because I really didn't want to disappoint my parents. I've told you before, I won't tell you the details, but I remember I can still see the night and the day when I came home from work and mom said, let's go downstairs to your room. And she began to tell me how she was disappointed in me. I begged for a whipping that night and I was 16 years old <laughs> instead of that conversation, right? A lot of us don't want to disappoint our parents. And even though many of us are adults now, we, we still take delight, many of us, in following the teaching of our parents. I, I feel that way about Jesus because he loved me so much because I know I'll never be good enough, but he loved me anyway. I want to be obedient. And I know you feel much the same way. If we love Jesus, we're going to keep his commandments. And what are his commandments? Well, it's primarily to love. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also ought to love one another. Matthew 22, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. How are we loving God? How are we loving neighbors and fellow believers and even strangers. And if we pause to really think about loving God and loving others, it's going to include keeping God's moral law, namely the Ten Commandments at the very least. You see, the first four are about loving God. You shall have no other gods. You shall have no idols. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. You should honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. That's about loving God. The second six are about loving others. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. Uh, you shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet anything that your neighbor has. When we love God and love neighbor, then we keep the commandments. And we express God's love by serving and sacrificing for one another. And we also love them by sharing the gospel with them. If you love Jesus, there's really no getting around keeping his commandments. And we need to be clear that those commandments were not meant to be oppressive, nor were they meant to be primarily restrictive. They were given for our good. They were given for our protection. And if we love him, we're going to trust him. And we're going to do our best to keep them. Much like a child who's decided that they're going to trust the boundaries that their parents have set for them. When we're kids, we trust those boundaries. 
because our parents are out for our good. They tell us for a reason not to stick something into an electrical socket. It's for our own good. And God has given us his commands for our own good. We keep them if we love him. But there's a second truth. There's a flip side of this coin. Keeping Jesus' commandments will include love. Yes, I've said that already to some extent, but the reason why I want to say that again and say it that way is because some Christians become so wrapped up in rules that we forget to love. As I've said before, too often the world knows what we're against instead of hearing what we are for, namely, loving others as Christ loves us. I don't know if you've ever heard the the Casting Crown song, If We Are the Body. It convicts me every time. I think we have the words here. It's crowded in worship today. As she slips in trying to fade into the faces, but the girl's teasing laughter is carrying farther than they know, farther than they know. A traveler is far away from home. He sheds his coat and quietly sinks into the back row with the weight of their judgmental glances tells him that his chances are better out on the road. But if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing them there is a way? There is a way. There is a way. We've got to keep high standards. In the body of Christ, we must be accountable to one another. But the problem is this, is that when people fail, and all of us do, we sometimes fail to let them know that we still love them, and more importantly, God still loves them. And perhaps more often than we care to admit, we see the proverbial speck in another person's eye, and we miss the log in our own eye. We see the smallest of their failures, and we fail to see even our big failures. And listen, I'm a law keeper. To coin uh, Buddy Green's lyrics from another song, I'm a bit of a Pharisee in recovery. I try to follow the rules, even the rules of our land, unless those rules are immoral or ridiculous. Or more importantly, they go against Scripture. But you and I have got to be careful about not getting carried away and becoming like Pharisees who, for example, took God's command to honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. And I think they turned it into some 613 commandments. You couldn't even lift your child on the Sabbath because they were too heavy. I think somewhere before Rule 613, they might have begun to realize, hey, this is getting to be ridiculous. You couldn't walk but so far, and when you went that far, you were supposed to sit down until the Sabbath was over. Salvation's never by works. It's always by grace. And the proper way to live the Christian life is not by imposing a huge list of rules. Clearly, the Christian life is primarily about modeling the great love and grace that Christ has given us. But I want to add at the same time, we must add that love which does not conform 
to the commands of Christ is not the kind of love Jesus taught and modeled. I think the hard part for us, beloved, is striking a balance. The pendulum of the church tends to swing to extremes. In times past, we've been too restrictive. Whereas in my opinion today, claiming love, the church as a whole has swung towards anything goes. It's a hard balance to strike. But I want to say something to you, beloved. I believe that as a church, you've done that fairly well. I think you're well above average. I found Stewart Presbyterian Church to be a, a pretty loving place when people fail. We take the commands of Jesus seriously. We even take uh, church discipline seriously, but it's always to reinstate, to restore the sinner. And I just pray we'll keep that up. Next week, we're going to look at, or actually in two weeks, we're going to look at the work of the Holy Spirit and how He's going to help us in all things, including obedient love and loving obedience. But in the meantime, I want to ask, urge you to ask yourself some questions this week. Maybe ask and respond appropriately, appropriately, I can't talk, to these kinds of questions. How have I not been obedient to Jesus? For example, is there someone I need to forgive? Or is there some sin I need to deal with in my life? Have I given good stewardship of my time and my resources? Have I maybe been ignoring God's call to serve in some new capacity? But then we also need to ask, have I been too judgmental? Am I a bit of a Pharisee in recovery? Have I seen someone else's speck while totally missing my log? Maybe there's someone you need to go to and admit I was too harsh in my judgment. Your sin is no worse than my sin, so will you forgive me? Maybe there's someone you know that's so beaten down today by their failures that they're, they're saying, no way Jesus could ever love me. Maybe by your love and your grace, you could demonstrate the great love and grace of Christ. Church, may we continue to practice obedient love and loving obedience. Let's pray together. Lord, help us to strike that balance. We want to be obedient. We certainly want to keep your rules, your commandments. But we also know that all of us fall short. All of us struggle. I think if moms and dads get gray hair because of children, Lord, how white your hair must be. And I know that's just a metaphor, but we fall short. Help us to pick each other up, 
to help folks in their struggles, to not be so caught up in the rules that we, we can't love one another. But at the same time, I pray that we'd never be a church where anything and everything goes. That we'd always be a church that stands strongly on Your Word. So Lord, do a mighty work in us. Do a mighty work through us. That we might have loving obedience and obedient love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Sweet adoration flows from your children. Glory and honor and praise are a part of our constant devotion. Love set in motion for the divine one who reigns in our Heartache and struggles, I come and adore you. You take me away from all worldly sensations and endless temptations. All of my trials are lost in your love. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace today and forevermore. Amen.